Hey, thanks for checking out this episode of the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. You just got Chad the Mark and Canadian Biggie. We're going to rock and roll and talk about the best Super Bowls, at least to us, and probably get into some other nonsense. So stick around for the ride. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. We got a twosome for you as Mongo is dealing with sick kids and Mr. Brown died. Uh, he's coming back resurrected as a new character eventually, but it's just me and Canadian Biggie, or is it just Big? I don't know. What happened last week? Uh, right now, it's just Biggie, my Canadian following, my heritage, my upbringing, we have a bit of a separation over maple syrup and how nice you're allowed to be. You drew some lines in the sand. <laughs> you got very mad at Canada because for no reason other than you were looking at betting odds from a Canadian website and then decided to talk about how the American shield is the only reason why Canada has nice things. Yeah. I feel like if they were on an Island by themselves <laughs> without the big old USA, you wouldn't hear, oh, it's Canadian nice. I just, uh, I don't know. I had an issue with that. Plus, I, I, I didn't like the odds on their bet. That was Canadian-based site. Low. Your your odds were on uh, Taylor Swift and Kelsey uh, getting, getting hit. married. Yeah. Or at least. It was only like a 10 to 1. Yeah, it should it should be a lot higher. Than that. There's yeah. no way that's happening. No. No way it's happening. Did you hear uh, Taylor selling one of her jets? I did not. I, you know, how, how nice is it to be able to sell one of your jets? Yeah, here's the thing I I will say about Taylor Swift. Uh, yes, we're not going to talk about this all show. One of her jets, but for a person who's a well, she's probably a billionaire. I don't know. She's close um, to it. Like her, the people who do her stage setup, her truck drivers, like she gives them hundred thousand dollar bonuses just for doing the like she gives the wealth out to the normal person which is appreciated did you see where some people were being like yeah you know who owns i'm just gonna ask you how they ask people you know who owns all taylor swift's music don't you george soros right that, but that's that's like, when she became political well that's when she started re-recording all her songs because she wanted to own it so like don't give me the cabal conspiracy on taylor swift about that you might be able to do it on other things but not that uh, speaking of things that are topical right now we're talking about who owns that music who first signed taylor swift i you know i brought that up today with some buddies uh it was rest in peace big toby keith yep machine records yes a and uh i you know toby keith I i'm starting to feel mortality biggie he was 62 years old but didn't he always seem like he was 10 foot tall and bulletproof he did he did it at 62 with stomach cancer. I still felt like he was uh 45 getting ready to retire from the army infantry. Like I mean, he was just that guy. He's a big Oklahoma boy. He yep. tried to play in the NFL. I think he played uh at least semi-pro. But well, here's the thing about Toby Keith that I've always loved, whether you love his music or country music in general. His family was an army family. Toby Keith had his uh pinky cut off because he could working he was working in the oil field he had an accident so he is, could is still like a ronnie lot thing what he could still play guitar without his pinky go look it up that's that's pretty I like mean, he was a true oklahoma oil field boy there's a thing that's really funny and this is only for ou fans or oh uh, so now 
Toby Keith is a huge Boomer o- Sooner fan, right? O- OU fan. I've seen so him. Were- He's like Jim Ross down there. But one of it, what is one of his great songs? Uh, should have been a cowboy. Should have learned to rope and ride. Well, here's the thing. Oklahoma State are the Cowboys, but Toby Keith was a big OU guy. So for there was a short period where they wouldn't play that song after a win. They went back to it. What I'm getting at is that we play Country Roads. It's West Virginia. That's what we would play. Should have been a Cowboy is that song for them. For OU? Yes. Really? No, 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 no. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Okay. I was like, but he's really an good. OU guy, and that's, that's why there's something. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. That's a good dig to the opposing team. Like, you just got beat by Mullet Mike Gundy, and you're walking out of the tunnel, and they're just, everybody's saying, should have been a cowboy. And they weren't. You know, nope. you decided to be a Baylor Bear, you dumbass, and now look what you get. Uh, that's uh, that's great. I want to talk more about Toby Keith for a second. We're going to talk about Super Bowl shit for sure because the Super Bowl just happened. We're recording before the Super Bowl happened, but for everyone listening, the Super Bowl just happened last night. But Toby Keith, the songbook, it's it's very underrated, and I think everyone knows he's he's famous for those patriotic songs, and you know it, it was well, he almost got backlash for oh he was only trying to capitalize on war which, right like if, alan if, jackson if you know his the, background uh, where he's from do your uh, he was a patriot alan jackson got in trouble for the same thing about yep. the where were you yeah when all, the world stopped turning all i remember is uh the south park doing alan jackson uh the ladder to heaven if anybody knows that episode that's uh, that's a great one i've not seen that episode but did you know that alan jackson the first time he sang that song where were you when the world stopped turning in front of people was at the award show? Really? Yeah. Huh? You know, he's, he's not doing good. No, they have to prop him up. And then he sing a song about being propped up by the jukebox. <laughs> yes. But no, I mean, I, with all respect to Alan Jackson, one of the greatest country music performers of all time, he, even though all he does is just stand up there with a the guitar. Sometimes if you're good, that's all you need to do. But I, I've heard they kind of like it gotta, for George Strait. They got to like prop him up like with a device or something. Yeah. Because he can't can't really stand on his own very long. Yeah. yeah he's that's, got some that's sad. Major health issues. But he's got to be he's got to be over 62. He's got to be older than Toby Keith. Yeah, he, he is. So do you have uh, some favorite Toby Keith songs? I love beer from my horses with Willie Nelson. The video is great. Yep. Toby Keith never forgot the art of the music video. Uh, that was a good one. The, of course, the patriotic songs like American Soldier. We'll put a boot in your ass. Yeah, that's great. The uh, the the ones I love this bar. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 video for that so is amazing. My, my my two favorites outside of what we just talked about are being a man who's now forty two. What do you think I'm going for? How do you like me now? I don't know. What is it? No, that Red was one. Red Solo Cup? You no, no, no. How do you like me now was one because it reminds me of high school. Those people thought they were better than you. And the other one is, I ain't as good as, as I, I once was. was. I'm, I'm as good, good once as, as I, I ever was. was. And everyone just quit listening after we sang Toby Keith songs for 20 minutes. Holy shit. Let's bring it back. I don't know if I want to. That was amazing. I forgot how many good songs he has. And I don't care what anybody says. Red Solo Cup, it got a little out of control for like a year. But if I hear it now, I'm probably going through the whole song if I'm in a good mood. Yep. That's is it true that the solo cups have measurements on it, or is that just bullshit? No, that's true. It is. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense, but 
You know, I was like one of those things. What the ridges are for. It's like, I didn't learn that until I learned that, you know, Taylor Swift was signed by Toby Keith, I guess. It's a, it's a, it, it's a good little trip down memory lane. Yeah. Memory lane. Yeah. We, we were talking earlier about um, halftime shows of the Super Bowl, and you don't really have that country vibe anymore. But like we went back, it was like uh, 93 or 92, and it was like Clint Black and Tanya Tucker and uh, it, the Judds. So when we're talking about that, I am blown away that from like, say, 91, 92 ish to 97. We didn't have a Garth Brooks halftime show. We've never had a Garth Brooks halftime show. That just blows me away because he was the biggest thing in country music at a time when country music was actually allowed to do the halftime show. But I think, if I'm not mistaken, if you're performing at the Super Bowl, you pay to do that, right? Like, it's not a free ride. No, like, I thought that they, the NFL paid you to be there. No, because, like, the publicity you get, like, why would you do it for free if you're the NFL? Like, you should be saying, like, if you want to perform here... You so got to the NFL accepts bids. I don't know how it works. I don't act like I know it's, but I, I, I feel like I've heard stories. I don't know. We need to fact check that one for sure. Yeah. But I, I am not entirely sure. But, you know, if you were um, Garth Brooks in the 90s, if that's the case, you don't need the Super Bowl. No. You know, I remember when he came to Charleston and did four sold out shows, and I went to the first one, but he lip synced on the last two. But the last two were the first ones that went on sale. So everybody had to wait in line and buy those tickets. They got the weekend show. I went on the Thursday night show. It was the first one. But the people that paid big dollars because they, they only announced one show. It sold out. Then they did a second show. Sold out. Hell, let's do a Friday show. Sold out. We can do Thursday. But you can only sing so many times yeah. before your voice gives out. So people were a little miffed. Because, you know, they were the ones waiting out in the cold, standing in line. You know, this is before the internet, kids. You actually had to show up to, uh, they call it the box office. Is that is that the term? Yeah, those are the people who, when the tickets will come out, the new game will come out, they were set up in line overnight. Oh, yeah. You might have a tent in front of the store. Used to do that shit for college football on uh, PlayStation 2 back in the day. Yep. You know, it came out Tuesday at uh, midnight. But So I, I, my, my point is Garth never really had to do the Super Bowl, but you know, I, I guess in the same token, you wouldn't say Michael Jackson would have to do the Super Bowl, but he did. And we were talking about it earlier. That was one of that to me, especially the age we were at, that was the first like quote unquote iconic halftime performance. Dude, the, the stars and the stripes, Whitney Houston killed the national anthem, fly over that was the Pasadena, Sonny. Amazing. It was good. And he had the little Michael Jackson clones popping out of the four corners because you didn't really have the big jumbotrons. It's so weird to go back and watch old games and they don't have these massive screens. It's just fans. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's much more authentic feeling when you look at something from the 80s, 90s, early 2000s than you get from the last 10 years. It's like, you know, I love wrestling, man. And you see wrestling shows and everybody used to have posters and signs and all that. Now everybody just has their phone. Yeah. And well, that was the greatest part of the I attitude agree. era, late nineties, early two thousands were the signs. It was great. My favorite wrestling sign of all time was someone had a sign that said, Bill Goldberg eats corn on the cob the long way. <laughs> <laughs> and they were in the front row. So it was very evident, but back to the Super Bowl halftime performances. So do you have a, a, a favorite? Is there one, or do you have a hated one? Uh, do we want to talk about the elephant in the room? Do we want to talk about Titty Gate? 
who want my booby back, booby back, booby back. That's the most famous one, right? Like everybody knows that happened. See that one, it sticks out there. Everyone knows it happened. To me, my favorite halftime show, Nostalgia. I'm in my early 40s. A couple years ago in LA, Eminem, Snoop, Dre, Mary J. Blige. 50 Cent. 50 Cent. I was oh, excited. 50 Cent. He was like a $2 bill on that day. Is he fat or jacked? <laughs> he was upside down, and I couldn't do that. So I'll say he's jacked, but I, I don't know. I, I thought think, he was fat. You remember he did a movie and lost a bunch of weight and got like, he didn't even look like himself. I wonder if like he just like lost all his fat and he either came back and got fat or he just learned how to, he got on the trend and just got jacked. I don't know because he was upside down. I couldn't really tell. I'm going to give him credit for being jacked because I always felt like P Diddy was very feminine and 50 cent told us he was very feminine. And now through the years we've learned 50 cent was right. So 50 cent was jacked and not fat. I, I'll go with it. I don't want to say anything that he doesn't want me to say anyway. So I'll say whatever he says, gotcha. uh, but that was a good one. I don't know if I put that in the top, but I, you know, I, I think that was the one I was probably the most excited for. You know what I mean? Like the anticipation and it kind of lived up to it. The one I, I wasn't really excited for, but I thought over delivered was the Prince halftime show. Yeah. Mongo was a big fan of that one. Of course, the bears ended up losing that super bowl, but we talk about the different things that could happen at halftime when you have a uh, war wardrobe malfunction while well, that was planned ahead of time, having Prince sing purple rain in the rain in Miami at halftime. You can't plan that. Nah, it still didn't save from the game. We're going to talk about worst games and best games before we get off this show for sure uh, when it comes to the Super Bowl. That was a shit show, but we'll take the rain because it gave us Prince singing Purple Rain in the rain, and that was that was a hell of a moment. But, you know, it, so, we, oh, go ahead. Well, just one of my other personal favorites as a Patriots fan is Bono singing, and he flops open, the and it's got Jack stars and stripes. Well, ah. the other thing that was cool about that one, well, you, you got to appreciate it because it's the first title the, the Patriots win, uh, you bastard. But then it's the 9-11 year, and they, they do the memorial with the screen in the background, and the names are just scrolling, and they kind of have the heart-shaped uh, stage. It, it was good. And they had the, yeah. the crowd was in the pit. It was, it was kind of like a real concert. Uh, I, I'm not a huge U2 fan, but I would go see them at the Las Vegas Sphere. They have a residency out there right now. Yeah, if I were to go to Vegas, that would be definitely on my list. One of the first things I would Dude, do. Dude, would you believe me if I told you I watched like 30 minutes of the Grammys the other night? <laughs> no. It was more like curiosity. Like, I, I couldn't tell you who was nominated for a lot of things or even who half oh, these people were. I saw Killer Mike got arrested. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for, uh, I guess he slapped somebody. Like, Apparently. open hand slap. I don't know. All I saw was the tail end of it. Seems like video. Such a nice guy. Killer Mike. Yeah. Like he wouldn't do anything like that. And then I saw there was an uproar because somebody has been nominated a bunch of times, but has never won. Who's that? Really? Uh, it's a hip hop artist. I don't know. Uh, I, I will have to look that one. Up. I do know, um, Miley Cyrus won a Grammy for the first time ever. Oh, I saw that. And everybody said she shaded her dad because she thanked her mom and somebody else, but not her dad. I don't know. Maybe uh, there's some hostility there. 
But I, well, you know what, Miley? If it wasn't for your dad and the achy, breaky heart, no one would ever know who you were. So thank your dad. Yeah, that uh, that definitely had something to do with it. But I, I, the last thing I'll say, hopefully, about Taylor Swift tonight is, you know, she won Grammys, and I guess she got her thirteenth, and that's her lucky number. And she announced hey. a new album, and Kelsey wasn't there, and everybody's like, "Where's your boyfriend at?" And he's like, hey, "He's trying to win a trophy too," you know. So. I don't know. We'll we'll see. I saw where people were trying to shade her because she took it from Celine Dion and they didn't think they showed her enough respect. But what they don't know is her and Celine are like deep godly friends and all this. I'm I, I I'm tired of uh just the the hate. I don't understand it. I don't know. I was talking to somebody about this at work where they're like, I can't even watch a game because they showed Taylor Swift so much. And like, you go look and people have done the numbers. And it's like Taylor Swift was shown 12 seconds on television mm -hmm. for the entire game. And yeah. That ruined like, the experience for you. I don't have an issue with her being on it. My issue is with the NFL trying to say, Ooh, Taylor Swift's there. How can we benefit from this when you already print your own money? I mean, that's, well, they benefited $400 million or whatever they said. So. Yeah, well, you got people who, uh, for the Super Bowl, I saw this online. They're printing uh, shirts and whatever. It says, I'm rooting for Taylor's boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, but that's what happens when you bring in a new fan base. That's why I was asking the Chiefs fans, you know, how do you feel if you're a diehard? Well, you gotta you gotta make elbow room for all these bandwagon jumpers that, that are coming out of the woodwork. And some of it's gonna be just because you're winning, right? Like you've been winning and winning. You're a Patriots fan. I guarantee you the first Super Bowl, the amount of people you knew that was a Patriot fan versus what it was in 2020 was not yeah. the same. The difference from 2000, 2001 to 2010, 2012, complete 180. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's just the territory, but then you throw in, you know, this generation's version of the pop megastar and it's going to inflate that a little bit, but all right. So back to music halftime shows, uh, the, the, the Janet Jackson, Timberlake one, probably the most famous uh, and the performance was fine, but I do want to say that it was hundred percent staged. And the only thing that Janet Jackson should have done better is learn how to handle the fallout because JT slid away from that into a career with a meteoric rise and Janet Jackson pretty much fell off the face of the earth after that. Her PR department has not been rehired. Nah, she's, I, I mean, she didn't do anything else after that. They should, they should do a reunion Super Bowl halftime of those two. Bring back Beyonce and turn the lights out. It'd be, it'd be on a 15 second delay, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll watch it. But you know, well, that's why we got really crappy acts for a few years after that was because it had to be PC. Yeah. You started getting the Paul McCartney, the who, the Bruce Springsteen, the, uh, the, the second Paul McCartney, because the real one died 45 years ago. Which one's the Sir Paul McCartney? Uh, we're calling him the second one. Okay. So he's the one there was the Sir. He was the one that got knighted. So. That's uh, that's a rabbit hole. I'm not ready to go down tonight. Well, it's just in another universe when we do tackle this. Remember, Beatles made music telling you that Paul McCartney was dead, and the second Paul McCartney was in place. Mm. Is John Lennon still alive? John Lennon is a hologram, so he is still alive. Well, everybody's a hologram now. Remember when you were talking about the West Coast uh, rapper halftime show? Well, it was like Death Row with Eminem, right? Yep. So. Ever, how many times I wasn't there prop bets about is Tupac going to be part of it? Yes. And like, there was even people thinking the real Tupac, there was bet lines 
that you could like resurrect and Tupac was going to yep. show up. We thought we, you and I, I think both legitimately thought there'd be like a hologram. Yes. I 110% thought they'd do a hologram just to win, whether it be uh, for nostalgia or prop bet that they would put him in a part of it. Yeah. And I was a little disappointed it didn't have him, but the show was so good. And honestly, they packed so much in there. And and I think it's a little bit of recency bias, uh, but you know, again, some of the other good ones we mentioned, um, the the worst one to me, I like the black eyed peas. Eh. Wasn't any good. Um Mongo really liked Bruno Mars, and I don't even remember that performance. No, he did really good. He okay. did really good. It was the uh Super Bowl Broncos, Seahawks, New York, MetLife Stadium, the cold one. Okay. Yeah, they, they don't like going to New York if they don't have to. But, man, that market, you kind of well, got to. Well, that's the thing. Like, the Bills are building a new stadium. If you get a new stadium, you're supposed to get a Super Bowl. No. If you look at the root rotation. The Bills are not getting a new, new Now that, now new that they've Bowl. finally taken it to Vegas, to be perfectly honest with you, Vegas should host Super Bowl every year. I mean, they could. Uh, I mean, they, they have but, the, the hotel space is the biggest thing, and Vegas has more hotel space per capita than anywhere else on the planet. They can handle any event. Vegas, Miami, Houston, Pasadena, New Orleans. Those are like your rotation. They so they need to do it like the the old BCS setup back in the day. Yep. Just have like four rotations. Sorry, Jacksonville. Nobody wants to go there. Uh yeah. What no. about Atlanta? Do they get one? Yeah, Atlanta gets one. What about uh when Tennessee gets a new stadium? Nope. Really? Nashville? Unless they well, I know they're doing a nice retractable roof. They'll get one. I mean that, that you know well, anymore they want to make the uh super bowl a game played in a dome yeah i mean well we're seeing all the issues that came out you know during the practice week about the field conditions and you know one of them's like in standing water and the other one's an indoor practice facility that's beautiful so you know not you got to fix that problem if you're going to keep it in vegas or is that just the raiders being salty with the uh, chiefs you give mark davis a chance he's going to screw his competition he's going to screw up his barber for life like mark no, davis like you get anybody, anybody has celebrity haircut like you advertise that but if you said like yeah i give mark davis his haircuts and then like i don't know why i'm not making any money well i have two things on my mind when you say mark davis's haircut first day of black history month and i give travis kelsey credit for the fade yeah, do you see that was that of what was that well um, who was giving him credit for the fade? he was on the cover of uh like like a magazine or yeah, something yep Oh, did you see who's... Because uh... they asked him about it at Media Day on Monday. What did he say? Well, he's like, you know, it's dumb. It's not me. I don't know why they gave me credit, blah, blah, blah. And it, it isn't. It's just, it's crazy. Because he... he's the hot thing right why now. Why do we try to hate people that are successful? Why is that our thing? We build them up till they're really successful, and then right. we want to tear them down. Right. I've, I've been guilty. It's the American way. I've been guilty of that. I think we all are. But yep. it's like, like, we're really like, what's wrong with Tra the same people that are hating on Travis Kelsey or the same ones that watched Saturday Night live last year was like, damn, he killed it on there. Yep. Yeah. But I don't like him. He's a son of a bitch. Yeah. He's not as good of a tight end as Gronk or it. just enjoy. He's, he's playing. Enjoy well. what he gives you. Yeah. That's, that's all. He's saying. having an amazing playoff run. There is an outside chance because quarterbacks always get MVP that Kelsey does an 11 catch 112 yard, two touchdown game. Wins MVP, kisses Taylor Swift, who is a a six, maybe a seven with the money, you know, not and Mongo walks scale. off the field. Not Mongo scale. I, yeah, Mongo scale. Are I, you going to put money on the proposal odds? No. 
It, it's it's there's no. I will say this though. I think that if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, there's a chance that opening day next year, Mahomes is your starting QB. Kelsey and Reed are both retired. They asked Reed about it, and he was like, "Nah, I don't want to talk about it right now." But I don't know. I mean, it, you got a good thing going. It's hard to walk away from that. A- ask your boy Bill Belichick, who can't find a job now. You know, you 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 don't want to well, leave. You, yeah, it's good because you, you want to get addicted to it. I'd be addicted to winning. Could you imagine if you? It'd be like being addicted to money. Like every day you go to the mailbox and there's like a hundred thousand dollars in there. You want to go every damn day. Yes, you're not going to stop. It's like, well, I don't want to walk to the mailbox today. It's cold outside, but there's a hundred grand in there. So I'm going to get off mass and go. You got Patrick Mahomes who people were already rightfully so saying that he is potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. Potentially. He got a long way to go, but I've told you this before. He's if he help stays healthy and he doesn't retire as that, it would be a disappointment. But it goes back to the, uh, the, the Reed Mahomes, Brady Belichick thing. Like, I think I said, I, like, I'm taking the Chiefs forever to win as long as Reed is there. But I don't know how he's going to do without him because we've only seen Mahomes with Andy Reed. We've seen him without Eric Bieniemy, and that took a, a, a dive back. Took all the way to the playoffs to really get anything. Well, they've been off all year on offense. Mahomes' numbers have not been as good when you look at without Bieniemy. We've talked about this before, and you guys were the opposite of me, you and uh, the deceased Mr. Brown, where I said, <laughs> if you don't have that guy to rein you back in, which is an Andy Reid or an Eric Bieniemy, what do you become? So I'm really curious. I'd like to see Reid continue to coach. He's only 65, which feels weird to say only 65, but another five years of him and Mahomes, yeah, they've he, went to the championship game six straight years. He's not Nick Saban. You no, know, he his health is a little different, and uh, he is the guy that don't mind if I do at any buffet, right? Like yep. that's Andy Reid, and you know it's funny and we laugh about well, it. He's but... had a lot of issues in his family too. One son passed away, one son got in legal trouble. Yeah, man, I forgot all about that stuff. It's like him and Tony Dungy there for a minute. It was just sad stories all the way around. Yeah, it was. It was. Those are dark days. But I like Andy Reid. I don't know how anybody could not like him. No, and. and you know, we don't know if the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl or not, but, you know, I, I think it's safe to expect as long as Reed's there, they're going to be in the conversation until they're not. But the one thing I wanted to ask you, because I know this this publication laid off a bunch of people left and right. Did you see who's in the SI swimsuit issue coming out this month? I have not. Brittany Mahomes. No way. Is that going to move the needle for Sports Illustrated? It might just because she's attached to Patrick and she is a pretty lady. I mean, why not? Well, she got a nice body. People are going to hate her for this. You know what I mean? It's like, ah, she just wants attention. Yeah. But like people are asking her to do it. You know, it's not like she's picking up the phone like sports Illustrated to let me. I'm sure what happened. Like I watched the quarterback, the Netflix deal with the quarterbacks. And I guarantee the offer came in. She looked at it. She talked to Patrick and he's like, you know what, baby, go for it. You're beautiful. Go for it. We hate on this girl who was high school sweetheart with Patrick Mahomes, who looked like he was 12 when he was 18 yep. and has been with him every step in the way. And people were legit. Like, I hate that bitch. It's <laughs> like, wrong with us. She supported him. You can hate the brother. You can hate the brother. Days when <laughs> his biggest and best opportunity was go to Texas tech. It's not like he was getting recruited to the top program in the country. 
And now that he's made it and he's the league MVP and he has stayed loyal to uh, the woman who he first loved. Oh, we hate her. He's a bitch. Yeah, no. Look at her. Like, this, this is the, how dare her Taylor is, have a handshake? That's the American dream right there. Yeah. I can't knock him for that. Now, if you want to talk about senior and his DUIs and, and some like, bitch, I'm going to tell you what. If you put me in a booth with Brittany, Taylor, and Jackson, I'd drink and drive on the way home, too. You're damn right. It'd be like the Wolf of Wall Street scene, yes. driving around, crashing into the morning qualities today. <laughs> the loops. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's uh, I I don't know I don't know. But to remind everybody, if you're listening after the Super Bowl here, uh, we both think the Chiefs are going to win, but we like the Niners. We want the Niners to win. So you know, we spent all this time talking about the chiefs, but our hearts of the Niners. I'd like to see a change parody in the NFL is always good. And don't you feel kind of bad for Kyle Shanahan? Like I, I hope, I hope there's not another tragic thing that happens where they blow a super bowl or something up 28, three, because like 20 to 10. Cause like, let's talk about super bowls, right? Like that 28 to three, I, a lot of people consider it to be the greatest super bowl of all time. But it sucks if you're Shanahan and you're associated to the other side. Like, you're never going to live that down until you get another one. Like, that's how it's got to be. Well, that's the thing, too. Well, Dan Quinn on the other side of it, too, blowing the 28-3 to lead. But right. I just want to say one thing before we move on from talking about this game. It's 28-12, to Dante Hightower, same guy who one-arm uh, stopped Marshawn Lynch at the two-yard line, is the reason that game was possible for the Patriots to make comeback. Down 28-12, blows through uh, – who was the – Falcons running back at that time. There were 24 Freeman. It was Dante, Fre Dante yeah. Freeman. Uh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman. He hits Matt Ryan, sack fumble at 28-12 with like 11 minutes left in the fourth. Without that particular play, they don't have enough time to make the comeback. So uh, forever, Dante Hightower, I love you, buddy. Yeah, you should. Did you ever watch Swamp Kings on Netflix? No. Uh, he, he's got a nice presence in that Florida uh, locker room, but – I, I will say that game when the second half started and the Falcons just went three and out, three and out, three. I was like, this is, this is bad because if you're not getting a first down and you got Tom Brady on the other side, God help you, man. You got to keep them off the field. Like you don't have to score, but well, can it, you at least take five minutes off the clock? Here's the thing because of the fact Brady threw the pick six, the long halftime, the Patriots got the ball start the second half. The Falcons had in real time, it was like 37 minutes between actually playing offense yep. or 30 or 42 or something like that. And the other crazy thing about that is that uh, down 28 to three, how many teams would have just folded that? That's yep. why Tom Brady's a goat right there. Uh, well, I, I told you that's when I came around and I was like, I accept it because yep. at that point, if you're arguing it, you're just I know this is an overused word, but you're just a hater. Yep. You, you have no, there's no factual evidence to the reason why it's just, you, you're, it's like we talked about earlier. You're mad at winning. I don't like it when people win. I don't like it when people are successful. Now, you don't have to be their biggest fan and go buy their jersey and want their autograph, but just, you know, re appreciate it. it. I, I, that's all. Respect it. Uh, the a couple, couple games that I like to talk about when it comes to the Super Bowl. 
Um, that game is also probably the difference between Matt Ryan making it to the Hall of Fame and not making it, even with an MVP, because he's on the borderline. Even with an MVP, that was his MVP season. If he finishes it, they win the Super Bowl. So he's a league MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I think he probably makes the Hall of Fame. So you don't think he's in? No. It's so hard to look at current players in the Hall of Fame because so many things have changed, like stats and whatnot. Like it just revolves every year into like a new well, norm. You listen to Dion, and he talks about this Super Bowl week every year, Media Row, everybody has him on, and he said uh, it's become the Hall of Good. I mean, they're letting a lot of guys in that shouldn't be there. They always put four people in, right? Yep. Like no matter what, it, it's yep. what it seems like. Yeah, you know, where, where baseball, for example, yeah. basketball is a lot like football, right? They just put anybody in. Yes. Like, oh, you averaged 18 and 11. Uh, you never won a title and you had two all-star games. Whatever. You're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I, I just know baseball, you know, for as much as we hate sometimes, at least they can stick to some principles and be like, no, nope, we're only putting two bastards in. Sorry about your luck. You know, maybe next year you got 10 years, pal. Uh, NFL, it's it's just like, you know who's getting in. Yeah, you know, and they sort of list that conversation last week when I was like Terrell Davis, like that's a little questionable. Yeah, and I mean Terrell Davis, yeah, he had a great run, but it was short. It was, and, and how do you put him? In? And and the other thing is, how many other running backs did you plug and play in that same system, and they turned out to be? To me, that's backs? why you degrade his ability to be in the Hall of Fame was because you had Clinton Portis. And uh, oh, no. uh, Olandis Gary, yes, Mike Anderson, anybody in that system ran for 1500 yards. It was that zone slash block, and yeah. they just were able to. That was a Mike Shanahan system. We now have the Kyle Shanahan system. You put CMC in that system, and all of a sudden he went super. All right, all right. you said you said a Super Bowl you hated. Speaking of the Broncos, uh, it wasn't the Broncos, they got dump trucked by the 49ers a couple times. You hated the, the Chargers. Stan Humphreys, Natron Means, Rodney Harrison, Junior Seau getting the brakes beat off of them by yeah. Steve Young and the Niners. And I feel like Jerry Rice set the receiving yards in the Super Bowl in that game, maybe. Yeah, he might have set receiving yards. Steve Young set the touchdown pass Get record. Six? Yep. Ah. That's why I didn't think they only scored 49. I thought they had like 58 or something. Well, one of the things I hated about that game was the fact it wasn't competitive from the opening kick. It was a blowout from start to finish. The Chargers that year are a team that we should love because they're one of the few teams in NFL history to start 0-4 and actually make the playoffs. All right? They finished 11-5 after starting 0-4. That shit don't happen. Bobby Ross is their head coach. We Bobby like Ross. I forgot all about him. Tech. He coached the Lions. Um, but they play the AFC championship game. That should have been a Pittsburgh Steelers, Bill Cower versus San Francisco matchup. That would have been interesting. And then, you know, they beat Dan Marino and, and the Dolphins in the playoffs that year. Yep. Too. Uh, so, I mean, they, they, they deserve to be there, but you know, the Niners were good. The NFC was really dominant during those nineties years. Uh, it wasn't until late when you had the Broncos go back to back and because you yeah, had the Packers were good. But, you know, that back-to-back -back Broncos team, I think it's super underrated. I think it's one of the best teams ever to play in the NFL. They were super dominant. Going back to the Terrell Davis thing, 2,000-yard rusher. John Elway was at the end of his prime, but he was still John Elway. Yep. Rod Smith, Chris, or Christian, Ed McCaffrey, Shannon Sharp. The defensive guys like Neil Smith and Steve Atwater. And, I mean, I, the offensive line, I feel like, had three Hall of Famers on it. Like, it's – 
they were they were pretty they, damn good mark schlereth who has become a voice in the media Todd Nayland, yeah. i mean they, they had some good guys howard griffith the fullback would crack people's heads like they were they were a good squad they're really good so i i have two thoughts right now one one of my favorite nicknames of all time back to the charges is junior say i call him junior say fucking ow because he hit you so hard <laughs> and those two uh denver broncos teams the second year i think they started like 12 or 13 and oh oh yeah. lost right at the end of the season um they played the jaguars tom coughlin afc championship game ended up beating them that was the start of what coughlin would do with young teams and build be able to, to maximize uh, their potential yes like accelerate that growth process yeah yeah those jacksonville teams hey you know, that was back before we had the four divisions and as a Bengals fan the jack jaguars were in at the time the afc central and i hated them i hated them because they were just them and the titans they were just hard-nosed teams that just found ways to win and you know, it's never when you were the Bengals in the nineties, the last thing you wanted to do was play a team that had character and was tough. And those damn teams always were. So uh, as a Patriots fan, I'm thinking the Super Bowls, you just brought it up outside of my round. My team wasn't in it. That uh, was it 1999 greatest show on turf Rams. 2000. 2000. Uh, that's that. So that's, that's, my, that's my favorite Super Bowl. That's my favorite Super Bowl. And I know a lot of people aren't going to like that. But at Dude, the, were the Rams up 16 nothing before they mounted that comeback Titans? I can't recall exactly, but what I remember about the game was it was a couple things. Like, first of all, the Rams and the Titans, they don't belong there. Yep. And ever and like people were talking about how this isn't even gonna be a, a viewed Super Bowl, but then the greatest show on turf that got a little bit of traction and they had a lot of talent there. Marshall Falk, Kurt Warner story. Like, that's what got people to tune in because similar to the Brock Purdy story. You know, you had the Corey Holt, Isaac Bruce. Yeah. Uh, as a remember him, mm -hmm. uh, Ricky pro was on that team. But, uh, the, the thing was the, the Titans, you know, they were just a, a good team. They weren't beating the brakes off people, but they were solid. And Dick Vermeil is the coach. Jeff Fisher made a career off of this season, uh, for a long, long time. But what I remember was it was the first Super Bowl because I, you know, we were born in the early eighties. You know, so the the 80s Super Bowls as a kid, like you didn't enjoy really any of them. And I vaguely remember. Maybe you don't remember them, and it's a good thing because they were almost all blowouts. I vaguely remember. My first Super Bowl memory is Joe Montana defeating the Bengals. Uh, you know, John Candy's in the end zone, all that. I hated that. And I, as a kid, I would, like, find replays and convince myself of, like, things that happened that the refs should have called. Like, that that's that's a bad way to start being a fan of football. Uh, but that, that one, uh, you know, I appreciate the game, but I hated it because of how it happened. But then like the Cowboys were murdering people. Uh, you had the Norwood game, uh, the giants bills. That's I think a top five super bowl easily. easily. I agree. And it was one of the few during a stretch of super bowls that weren't that good. You had Niners Bengals, which you're talking about that super bowl, but there was a lot of blowouts from. 85 86 till 93 94 yeah and then you know the cowboys you know they played the bills close one year but then they blew them out two years we talked about the niners and the chargers the broncos pretty handedly won the the packers did a pretty good job with theirs so you get to the second one was a seven point game yeah it was closer that was wasn't that the one where they um they they told Brett Favre and the packers had the ball uh under two minutes left down 31 24 
came down to a fourth down. Far wasn't able to complete a pass. Broncos you got deal the it out, buddy. You yes. all right? You need a drink? Do we take a break? Nah, <laughs> just powered through. Dual power. You have the quietest hiccups ever. I hope people can hear them. I'm trying. You got one coming. Trying to be discreet. Uh, don't be discreet. Just let it happen. Everyone knows you have hiccups now, so it'll be okay. All right. Uh, but well, I, I just so got here's no, the no, thing. No, 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 let me get it out. I got to tell you, the reason why I liked that game so much, the greatest show on turf and the Titans was that was the first one that was close. And just the way it happened was Kurt Warner, who in every Super Bowl he ever played in, had a knack of scoring, you know, inside of two minutes, but always closer to the two minute mark than the zero mark. So he always left a little time on the table for the other team. And Steve McNair had the drive of his life running around. I'll never forget. It was, um, I think Kevin Carter. Uh, I, I don't want to put disrespect on somebody. It was rather DeMarco Farr, or Kevin Carter that played on the Rams and they're coming out of the game, hands on the hips. And Dick Vermeil's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm tired. He's like, it's the Super Bowl. How are you tired of the yeah. Super Bowl? But like, if you watch it, McNair's running around like crazy buying time and you get to play at the end. You know, the, the first drive was where Warner hit Isaac Bruce down the sideline and they score. And then the Titans go on this drive to try to take the lead and win the game. And Kevin Dyson, one yard short, like just – like you, you weren't even sure. Like you had to wait. Like he's down, right? Like he didn't get in. This is how it ends. I was in disbelief. I was like, that's how I had to, I was in shock that the game ended like that. So I got two questions for you. When the Titans tied the score at 16, was it on the minus or plus side when Kurt, Kurt Warner hits that touchdown pass? There's that hiccup. I feel like they're around midfield. Uh, it was above two minutes. It was an, 80 yard touchdown pass was it okay so it was a first, first play or it was one of the first first second play of the drive after they tied it up he throws a deep ball go look at the replay it's down the right sideline yeah and and he it kinda, wasn't where he beat a guy he kind of like underthrows a, yep and and bruce has to stop so you know that's that's that one but to me my now, my, my other question for you is kevin dice comes up just short like an egg tackles kevin dyson uh, mike smith mike jones mike jones my nobody knows him but yeah. like you should have gave him Super Bowl MVP. I don't care if that was the only tackle he had. A yard short. You give him Dyson hits the ground, immediately pops up, and then tries to extend the ball like he scored. Uh, but you know what's uh, entertaining with Kurt Warner, and I think it's part of the reason why he ends up in the Hall of Fame was you know, Super Bowls, you didn't have a lot of passing yards. You know, typically, you know, teams came out a little flat, it took them a minute, and usually defense had a lot to do with it. Warner throws for over 300 yards, and you're like, well, that was pretty good. Runs it back the next year, loses to New England, and there that's probably one of your first. That was two years later. Yeah, because the next Super Bowl was uh, Ravens Giants. No, that was two. That was the year before. No, ninety nine was Titans Rams. No, I just two thousand was Ravens no, you're Giants. Wrong. You're wrong. That was the Jason Seahorn pants falling down. Two thousand one was now head coach Mike Martz and the Patriots. I don't, I don't think that's right. I'm right. You're wrong. Man, the the Rams were after the Ravens. Yes, but not back to back. Nope. Uh, I have to look this up right now because I am uh, beside myself. The other thing about Kurt Warner was Son until of you're right. Damn it. it! I feel like the Rams went back to back for some reason until Brady's uh, second half of his Super Bowl runs. The top three pass 
passing yardage games in Super Bowl history all belonged to Kurt Warner. They did. He was the first quarterback to throw for 400 yards in the Super Bowl. So to me, my second favorite Super Bowl of all time was the Cardinals and Steelers. And I hate the Steelers, but that game, I, I it's got the two greatest plays in Super Bowl history. James Harrison's interception, running not, back, 90 plus yard run yeah. back. They had him. I, I love James Harrison. You look at that replay. There's so many different times. Larry Fitzgerald could have tackled him. him. Almost got him. So there's a touchdown on a game that ends up as a, a one possession game. And to what you just said earlier with Kurt Warner only scoring too early. He hit Larry Fitzgerald. He hit. <laughs> yeah. 50 plus yards down the middle of the field. And they leave that time on. I don't know when Pittsburgh scores the final touchdown, but just that you can go look at the still image. You don't even need the video of Santonio Holmes planting his toes like this is early on. That was uh, the original toe drag sway. And I remember the replays. Like, instant replay hadn't been around that long. And, and like, that took forever. The other thing that was really cool about that play was Roethlisberger hit him in the far right uh, part of the end zone. The play before, he had him more open in the left side of the end zone. And didn't see him. Threw a bad ball. Oh, dude, I thought he didn't even see him in that one. I can't remember exactly, but I do remember. That is one he, of the greatest catches in football. Well, in the throw, he high-pointed it where only he could get it. Like, it was in traffic. It yep. was – and I hate that because I hate the Steelers, but it was – you look, you got to put respect on it. It was a great game. One of the great drives in Super – that's a Montana drive. It is. Are you sure you're okay? How long do hiccups usually last for you? Well, I felt like they'd be gone by now. That's why I said we should power through it. But now they're not leaving. <laughs> I don't know if there's any real um, like old wives tales on how to get rid of the hiccups, if, if that works or not. They don't. I've tried. I, I don't know. I don't know what causes it. Or, or I don't know what hiccups really are. That's not something we all get. I'm not going to act like I'm a doctor. We can take a short break or power through it. It's I, your. I tell you, I'm kind of enjoying the uh, the spontaneity. I think some people might think you're just having an epileptic fit or something. But, I, but we got more uh, Super Bowls I want to get through real quick. Just we talk about the greatest games. Uh, you know, the, some of the ones lately haven't been great. I feel like the Chiefs Eagles game was really good. Oh. That was really good. But 38 35 finish in the standard painting fourth quarter. Kind of anticlimactic, though. Yep. So I think it takes away from it, but it was good. Uh, the uh, again, the Norwood miss because what people forget is Scott Norwood was a really good kicker. And for him to push that one right, you know, that was uh, it was you felt 47 like yard, it was a 47 yarder on grass. He was a turf kicker who didn't have the greatest leg. And that, that thing was wide right from the get go. Yeah. And that Bills team should have won the that leg. game by yep. 10 points. He had the leg. Yep. Uh, you ever look at Thurman Thomas' stats for that game? He's got 200 total yards. Bill Belichick, defense coordinator for the, for the uh, Giants, they come up with a plan, and they're like, all right, as long as we don't let Jim Kelly run wild, we got a chance to win this game. You know how what the time possession was in that game? I have no idea. The Giants possessed the ball for almost 42 minutes. Really? Yep. In the 18 minutes, the Bills had the ball. Thurman Thomas, who was the running back, had 200 total yards. I Thurman Thomas is slept on when we when every time we ever have a discussion about like greatest running backs, we never say Thurman Thomas. Why? Because he didn't win a Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, but there's a, we talk about Barry Sanders. 
But it's well, I know that's different. I know that's different. Barry was electric. But Thurman Thomas was like that. One of those. He was. He was like a better version of Roger Craig. I feel like you know yeah. where he could. He could catch it a little bit. But man, he was. Uh, Thurman Thomas and Barry Sanders were in the same backfield. Oh, I know. We're not even making that connection yet. Imagine scheming for that Oklahoma State. Should have been a cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> Dude, stop right there so you can get your hiccups fixed. Are you good? No. You gonna stop or you gonna keep going? Oh, I'm fine with keep going. <laughs> I didn't mean to ruin our uh, Philly Harmonic special there. You know. I feel like uh, Thurman Thomas gets slept on in a really poor way because had they won one Super Bowl, I think that Thurman Thomas is remembered kind of like Marcus Allen is, but because they never did, he gets forgotten. He was one of the great receiving threats as a running back from the 80s and 90s. Guys, today, yeah. Marshall Falk, uh, LaDainian Tomlinson, Austin Eckler for today, Christian McCaffrey, Thurman Thomas was was that guy thirty years ago. I feel like we start to forget about some of these guys though, because now the way the game has evolved, it's nothing for a running back like CMC or you know Tony Pollard. Even just these random guys that can catch the ball to the yeah. backfield, where before that was like you you had a third down back, you know, like and I know you still well, kind of talk about that. Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas sharing a backfield. Look at their careers in college. And of the pros, Thomas was a runner and a re receiver. Barry Sanders was a runner. Yep. But if you hit Barry with a little screen, sometimes yeah. you never knew what he could do. I just, I love me some Thurman Thomas. I think he's one of the most underrated players in the history of the, the league. Bills team should have won a Super Bowl just for legacy purposes because the no huddle kind of became yep. a thing because of them. Uh, you know, Thurman Thomas. They had great. the K gun. Jim they, Kelly. They did. But I, I and Jim Kelly, what a journey that was to get to the NFL after playing yeah. in USFL and all that. I that's I I don't know. I feel bad for the Bills, man. Uh, they're like the Lions. It's just it's sad stuff. But all right, what about uh, uh other other games you really liked? Any other ones that stand out that we haven't mentioned? Well, I mean, we we briefly touched on the nine eleven game with uh, the Patriots, and that that was when the dynasty started. To me, the uh, that's got to be your favorite. It's it's it, yeah, it is. Um, it should be the, the, birth, the birth of three. Tom Brady. That and twenty eight to three. Twenty eight three is my favorite game because I'm at, at my house. I invited Ryan, and at the time it was his girlfriend Lena. Then they got married later. They came over. They had wings. It was me, them, and the kids. Down 28-3, game never turned off. I'm watching. Every play, I'm into it. I got Tom Brady, motherfuckers. We got a chance. <laughs> uh, what about uh, what about the Seattle one with uh, New England? Because that was that was a hell of a so, game. So, Seattle, New England, if I had to rank them, is the greatest Super Bowl in the history. You like that? You're putting that one up. Yeah. That, well, that's your, that's your mantle. You had that Seahawks Legion Boom defense was the best run on defense of 69 through 71 purple people eaters, Minnesota Vikings, as far as points allowed and yards in that game, the biggest deficit in that game was 24, 14 going to the fourth quarter. Tom Brady leaves two touchdown drives against the best defense in 30 fucking years to take 28, 24 lead. And then when that happens, what had happened in other games, miracle catches, the helmet catch, what happens down the sideline? Deflected up in the air. Oh my God, he caught it. 
Like that game had everything. You getting choked up about it, or is that still the hiccups? That's still the hiccups. <laughs> but for viewing pleasure, if I had to rate it, I would rate that as the best one. You had Brady, four touchdowns, four different receivers. Russell Wilson had a good game. Marshawn Lanch had a good game. You had two Hall of Fame <laughs> coaches. The, you you were playing the Seahawks, were defending Super Bowl champions. I feel like to me that game viewable rewatch rewatchable uh, the only thing i hate I, I i i anytime people have a sports stake and it's so matter of fact you know just like there's no they don't treat it as opinion they just treat it as fact and i know everybody says it was the dumbest thing to throw the ball when you have marshawn lynch but you still had another down after that yep right and you're and, not anticipating turning it over right right you're thinking worst case is incomplete because it's a slant you're just yep. firing it in there quick and and we'll talk about how that play kind of unraveled here in a second. But, you know, what happens if if you're doing second guessing? What happens if you give it to Lynch and he fumbles on the two-yard line? You know, yeah. then, then you're like, you know, you, you ran him too hard or you were you were relying too much on him. And, you know, they the Seahawks had ran that play so effectively during the season. I think I, I saw the stat where they scored like six or seven times on that exact play, so much to the point to where that play was on the radar the Patriots. Yeah, Belichick knew what it was, and they practiced. There's video yeah. of this. There's video of him telling Malcolm Butler when they line up and do this, and this guy goes in motion, whatever he says, that this is the play they're running, and you need to just jump the route. Yeah, you got to hit it and become the receiver. Yep. And, and my God, like that's exactly what happened. So is it really just the worst play call in NFL history, or did Belichick just outmaneuver Carroll well, with coaching? Uh, he's outmaneuvered, and here's the reason why. Other than that play call, there's about there's over 50 seconds left after Marshawn Lynch gets tackled. I'm sorry for the hiccups. It just is what it is. It's I'm rolling. It's it. part of the show now. Um, I thought they would have went away. Otherwise, I'd have said take a break. <laughs> What's I don't know. World record for longest hiccups. No, we're about to pass it, Guinness. <sighs> How does a beer company create world records? Um, what I was gonna say is that <laughs> sorry. Belichick looks at the other sideline and he can tell that Seattle's confused with what they're going to do. So rather than call a timeout, which you normally do in that situation, make sure you have time. He's like, eh, they're not quite sure what they're doing. Let's see what they bring out. We're ready. They were more ready than they were. Yeah. And that's what happened. All right. They go big and it's go Malcolm. Go. We run goal line with three DBs. And then you can see Brandon Browner tell Malcolm before the play, as soon as they line up, he's he's doing one of these and he shoots the gap. Boom. He, they knew. That's good. Coach. That's why you get a week off. Oh, one practice. of the other really <laughs> cool things after that is that uh we were down on the two yard line. So you gotta you can't snap it and take a knee. You gotta try and sneak it. Oh, they're almost and Michael, the Michael Bennett shoots at heart, and him and Gronk get into almost near fist fight yeah. in the end zone afterwards. I, I remember that. Flags are flying everywhere. That gave him breathing room finally. But yeah. uh what about um what about old Super Bowls? Like we're, you know, it's easy for us to reminisce about late eighties, nineties and, and beyond, but you know, we're, we're discounting so, the first, you know, 25 Super Bowls essentially. So this is an old one, but I think that Steelers Packers Rogers, one Super Bowl is like 32, 29. That's a really good game. That was the Rogers. Like that's his shining yep. moments. And, uh, I also really think that the 35, 31 Steelers beat uh, the Cowboys 35, 31 seventies. 
With that, Staubach at quarterback. That's the game that's with the, uh, Jackie Smith. That's the Lynn Swan catch game too, yep. isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's Jackie Smith tied in for the Cowboys, wide open in the end zone. Staubach hits him in the gut. Kind of he kind of has to slide to catch, but hits him in the gut. He drops it. Yep. They lose 35-31. I you know, at the time, I guess when you watch that, that had to be the greatest game you ever seen. Yep. I mean, it just had, it had everything because first of all, you had the two teams of the decade. Right, because this was what year was it? It was in the seventies. This would have been what seventy-seven. Was it that late? Seventy. Man, this was, was on the second side of it. But I mean, so now you're. This was way the second repeat for this for the Steelers. You're way established into it, where these these are America's teams. Yep. I mean, I know Dallas is, but you know Pittsburgh was right there, and you know you finally got that show. But uh, you know, up until then, you know some of the Super Bowls. I, I mean, you, you got you got to put the Namath game up there. I mean, that's Super Bowl for you, but like Joe Namath is the most overrated player in the history of the NFL. I'm starting to soften on that. I, I, I've not been, you know, a, a big vocalist on this, but, and I'll tell you why is, is as you start looking and what made me think about this is how the games change and we measure quarterbacks differently. Like just cause you throw for 25 touchdowns don't mean shit. Now 25 touchdowns, you, you might be fighting for your job next year. You know, I mean, that doesn't guarantee you anything. But you know, back then, Joe Namath had more interceptions and touchdowns in his career. Yeah, a lot of people did back then. Yeah, I'm just saying. Johnny, you didn't. No, but Johnny used Johnny. You, but Joe Namath, though. I mean, for the for the time period, like this is this is a defensive era. Like, go look at go look at Ken Anderson, who played in the 70s, and you're like, there's no way this guy. Dude, he had really good numbers. But but if you go look at like where he ranks all time, you would scoff and be like, just shut up. He doesn't belong in the conversation. But if you go look at how many times he led the league in completion percentage or yards or touchdowns or turnover ratio or whatever, he was always in that conversation. And they were playing the Steelers, that steel curtain defense, twice a year yep. and giving them a run for their money sometimes. Like I'm just saying, like as time goes by, you got to recognize the eras for what they were, and the the NFL and the NBA are the two hardest sports to do that in because the games change so much over time. Well, just like look at uh, Terry Bradshaw winning four Super Bowls, and now he gets discredited, and it was all the defense, and kind of just like the uh, Joe Joe Namath deal, where oh, it's lore is why where he is no. It isn't. So he I see moments. where you're coming from. He had his moments, but you know, there's a, there's a lot of guys that I like Fran Tarkinson. He's another one. That's he's a hall of famer, but go, he threw a shit ton of interceptions. You know, I mean, it, it happened. Fran Tarkington was uh Brett Favre before Brett Favre. He was, and he was on Minnesota, not, not yeah. green Bay. But I'm just saying, I think some of these old court, we, we need to do a show on that one time. Let's just go, go down the, the history of quarterbacks before 1980 and just see if we think any of them are worth a damn or were they just plumbers? Okay. As long as we get to do uh why tittle. Yep. <laughs> you knew where I was going. <laughs> it's uh, too predictable, but uh, I, I think, uh, I, you know, the, this year's Super Bowl. I hope it was a good game. Uh, I hope the Niners are the champion by the time everybody's listening to this. Uh, if you have a prediction just on to, to kind of wrap up, where do you think this kind of breaks down? Do you think this is in the top third of best Super Bowls, middle of the pack, or bottom third? I'm going to say uh, middle of the pack. I um, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I don't know why. I just 
the Chiefs, people think Mahomes, it's been a defensive team all year. San Francisco has a good defense, hasn't always played great defense. They're going to rise up and start playing better. I, I think it's a low-scoring affair. I would say the under. Now you're listening to this, and it's probably like 63 to 40 or something. Watch it. Uh, the, I got the under is like 47 and a half. So 24-20, you got the under. Uh, in closing, let's let's wrap up with this because I I don't think I got this out. I, I I've maybe maybe I said what I my my least favorite Super Bowl was. I've had a change of heart. I, I do have one I hate more than any other game, but I want to know if you have one that you just want to kind of railroad real quick before we wrap up. Well, I got two that come to mind. We already discussed this one, but it, Colts Bears. That's a, uh, that's a terrible game. Chargers Niners, and that's then. Terrible. The other one that comes to mind for me is just being a completely horrible game is Broncos Seahawks. Yeah, that was bad. It was supposed to be this build up and it's in the, it's great defense, great Broncos was bad too around that same time. Yep. Uh I now the game might have been okay, but to me the Super Bowl I hate more than anything is the lights out game. <laughs> Ravens Niners. I hated that because the, it was two different games. Yes. It yep. was bullshit. The game was on hiatus so long because they couldn't figure out how to get the lights to work all of a sudden. And now everybody's wondering, like we joke all the time about is the NFL fixed? Like when shit like that happens, you kind of think it is. And, and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't the Niners just cruising? Yep. And no, the, the Ravens were. And the Niners made the comeback. Niners made the comeback. And you know, the, what was it, a 37 minute delay or something like that? Yeah. And it was a brother Super Bowl, And there was a big thing because they talked about Beyonce doing a halftime show flashing the Illuminati. And then all of a sudden <laughs> lights didn't work and it was in New Orleans and they've had Super Bowls there before. So how can the lights not work yeah. this time when they work fine every other time? It was, uh, it was ridiculous. Yep. And I, I, I hated that. Like you didn't really know who the better team was because you could have played that game 10 more times and you probably get way different outcomes because how many times are you going to have two half times? Yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. It, that that was one of my memorable duds. I just, I mean, when you're watching it, you know, what it kind of reminded me of is uh, when we had the DeMar Hamlin game, you know, it was just like, you never saw anything like that. Yeah. I'm just like, what the yeah. hell is happening? It's not nearly as traumatic for an individual, but watching that, I'm like, how is this your creme de la creme, your, your paragon of virtue of sporting events. And this is what you're going to do. You can't turn the lights on. Oh, come on. That's why they should have the game in Vegas. We're going to play it at daytime now for now on. No more night. Dude, they did that. They, well, that's they why did play that when it first started. Out West. Yeah. yeah. They, they play in Pasadena and the game started at noon. Electricity costs money. Played at yeah. Wrigley Field. It'll be okay. Yeah. They didn't get night games to win. That one does bother me. 2015? I can't remember. It was something stupid. Oh, shit. So I, I have a question for you. Should the Monday after the Super Bowl be a national holiday? It's the biggest, the single largest sporting event in our country yearly. I mean, New Year's Day is a holiday, but we don't really care about New Year's Day. We care about New Year's Eve. Yeah. So it's similar. Uh, well, technically, the Super Bowl is not even a holiday. So can we start with just getting that as a holiday? Can we declare that football is the national sport 
And can so, we go ahead and get some PTO for everybody, some paid time off? Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday is now a national holiday, which means you honor it on Monday, so we go back to work on Tuesday. It's the it's it's almost on the level of Christmas. Like if so, first of all, everyone that's like doing their grocery shopping right now, God bless you. Like the most anxiety I've ever had being in a supermarket was at noon on Super Bowl Sunday a few years ago. And I was at a Wegmans. Shout out to Wegmans, amazing grocery chain in the Northeast. You know, they actually send their uh, deli people to France to learn about cheese. Did not know that. You do that for a $20 an hour deli person because you want them to be able to give you the right cheese. I like it. I like it. That's good shit, pal. But regardless, uh, I was in there. And there were so many people. It felt like 10 Black Fridays. And I've worked retail a long time. I know what Black Friday feels like. It never felt like that. And I just I just wanted to get out. I don't even remember what I bought. I didn't go in and get what I came for. I just grabbed whatever I could get and got out with my life. And I was happy. But I will never, ever, ever go shopping for anything at a grocery store on Super Bowl Sunday. So Super Bowl Sunday shopping, were you Sinbad or Arnold? Uh, I was the guy getting trampled on by Sinbad and Arnold. Okay. Why you got third jingle all the way? I just saying that's the first place my mind went when you said that. Did you ever watch uh, Sinbad in uh, Shazam? Oh, Shaq. No, Man. that was Kazam. Oh, that was Kazam. Nope, I haven't seen it. No, you haven't seen it? No. Nope. You know what I'm talking about at all? No, I do. I do. What like, do you know about? I feel like I've seen the whole movie and I can't remember watching it. Nah, that's a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> that's most people, actually. <laughs> Nobody's actually seen it, but everyone thinks they have. It's just like Nickelback. Nobody listens, but somehow they're popular. Uh, we're going to listen to some Nickelback and play NBA Jam later. Do you have a favorite Nickelback song? Why don't we get them in the Super Bowl? But you know what? They're Canadians, so they're not coming because you done pissed off Canada. Well, then maple syrup. <laughs> Did you see the picture I had of Drake? Hugging the moose. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a Drake in the layup line for Kentucky. And he can't, he can't make a... He can't hit the rim. Hey, some people were born to be fans. Yep. Some people were born to be ballers. And uh, he's going to have to settle for the fan. But All right, man. Well, let's, uh, let's go do something else. I'm done doing a podcast. Hope everybody enjoys the Super Bowl. We appreciate, uh, all the support you guys have been giving us podcast podcast listens are up. Social media is on fire right now. We're actually making some pretty good money. Maybe we'll get some better equipment. Maybe we can do some glamor shots. You know, Biggie's looking like Dan Campbell. Maybe uh, we'll get him some hair transplants and have it, uh, you know, get the lettuce to match a little bit. You want to do that? Or can we just Uh, hear your hiccups for next show? If you've listened this long, I feel like the hiccups are now gone. Are they gone? We can end the show because the hiccups are officially gone. What was the cure for hiccups? Uh, I just outlasted them. (laughs) They died before me. Perseverance is the cure for hiccups. All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the Super Bowl. We'll see you sometime later in the week. Uh, We're still looking for some great guests. We got some amazing guest lineups coming. We got former NFL cheerleaders that might have been at some Super Bowls. We have Something about Savannah Bananas on the horizon. Uh, you know, we got a – are you going to Cincinnati with us for the game? I am not. You're not? So, uh, the formerly uh, Mr. Brown, who's uh, may or may not be still with us, uh, we're going to Cincinnati, uh, meeting a lot of uh, big league ball players out there, sitting in the suite. That's going to be exciting. And uh, I'm trying to think what else we got out there. 
I got to talk to this, uh, the, the one NFL player that was on Survivor that's uh, coming on the show here in a few weeks. Oh, I think we got him at the end of the month. Wasn't he a former NFL quarterback? Uh, no, he was a lineman. lineman. He was a lineman. Okay. But uh, it's not, if you're looking for Jay Cutler to come on the show, we do not have him booked yet. Jay Cutler is amazing. Hey, I'm a millionaire. Okay, Kristen, when we get divorced, you want this, you want this? That's cool. I'm freezing my bank accounts, freezing your bank accounts. Like, um, Jay Cutler, if you're Rich listening, we, we want you. We need you to come on the We Don't Know Sports podcast and share some life stories with us. But until next time, everyone, enjoy your week. Make sure you check out uh, uh, everything social media. We Don't Know Sports. You can get to our website at wdksports.us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media. Like all the stuff we put out there. And, uh, you know, you can send us some money on Patreon if you feel like it. But uh, we're going to keep trying to bring you good content. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.